to remind myself, like you have built something before so you can build something again. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Krimitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. The end of the year is upon us, and most likely it has you thinking very intentionally about what you want to create for yourself and your business in the year ahead. And if those thoughts are leading you to visualizing a business that is making you more money, with more harmony and happiness while doing it, then I would highly encourage you to apply for my one-year private coaching program. You know me. You know I practice and I preach creating a business that you love one that is profitable, productive, and enjoyable for you. And in the years that I have worked privately with incredible women entrepreneurs just like you, I've had the privilege of seeing just how powerful it is to put the right clarity, the right focus, and intentional actions into our businesses. And most importantly, how doing so brings results well beyond anything that we could have imagined. This is why I'm opening up just nine more spots for my one-year private coaching program. And if you are done feeling the pain of financially struggling in your business or feeling confused about what you should be focusing on or just flat out not doing what you love every day, then go apply today. bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. Hey, it's Ashley with Plant Centered Prep, and I'm committing to Katie's one-year private coaching program because, honestly, I've been trying to build a business on my own for years and haven't gotten anywhere. I've failed numerous times and have felt defeated over and over again. And it's not that I lack the drive, ambition, or passion. I mean, most of us women have a lot of that to offer. It's just that I don't have that business mindset. So this next year, I am so excited to finally be making an investment in myself as a woman who wants to run her own business and in what I truly believe to be my life's work and passion. I'm so looking forward to gaining clarity with my all-over-the-place ideas, having Katie's guidance and accountability along the way, and really just creating actionable steps that help me achieve my goals. I want to start laying a solid foundation for my business that will ultimately set me up for success, which I really feel like will in turn help me better serve my target community. So I cannot wait for this upcoming year. Katie has such a contagious, motivating spirit, and she's a wealth of knowledge. I have a feeling I am going to be amazed at what I can create with Katie's expertise along the way. To find out more about my one-year private coaching program and apply, go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. Applications are being reviewed as they come in and spots will fill on a first come first serve basis. Girl, it is time for you to live that dream business that you have always wanted. Let's make it happen together. Bizwomenrock.com forward slash my big year. When Sarah Dean mentions in the first few minutes of our interview together that she knew she needed to stop helping women shrink 
through the gym that she had owned years ago and instead wanted to help women live big, I knew I was in love with her. Sarah is the creator and host of the Shameless Mom Academy podcast, a passion project turned massively successful business. As of the release of this interview with her, she has crested over 1 million downloads of her podcast. Not too shabby since she started it back in 2016. That's only two and a half years ago as of this date. I really wanted to get inside of Sarah's strategic mind to uncover how and why she even launched the podcast. She already had a thriving brick and mortar business and what deliberate strategies that she's implemented since doing so in 2016 that has made her podcast and the entire business that it's given birth to a massive success. During our conversation, we discuss how she managed her old business and her new podcast at the same time, how she first monetized her podcast, why and when she focused just on her audience building and nothing else, what really cool strategies that she used to build her audience, how she leveraged the experience that she had had from her former business to get focused on creating a six-figure business in the first year with Shameless Mom Academy, very specific launch strategies that she implemented for her paid membership community, and she, of course, talks about the plans for her next phase. I have no doubt that you will fall in love with Sarah too, as she delivers very practical insights into her business success while, of course, showcasing her beautiful imperfections. And she's just so damn cool. So sit back and enjoy this conversation with Sarah Dean. Sarah, what's going on, girl? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Ooh, rock on. I'm I am ridiculously excited to talk to you. I think you and I have been on this Zoom just chatting away for like a good half an hour, hour already. <laughs> <laughs> but it felt like one minute. It went so fast. Like we have so much to cover. <laughs> Girl, listening, you are getting a good conversation here because we just had a whirlwind of a conversation. I was like, that, that's exactly what we need to talk about. So thank you for being here. It is such a pleasure to finally have you on the show. Honestly, I have been looking from afar at you and Shameless Mom Academy for quite some time now, obviously identifying with it and being really celebratory of what you're doing, which I just love. And I'm so happy to be bringing that to the Biz Women Rock community. We're here specifically to talk about a podcast and how yeah. the podcast that you have, the Shameless Mom Academy, which I highly go recommend that you go subscribe <laughs> to and listen to, was the impetus for the entire business that you now have. And you and I are in the same boat in that respect as far as the podcast really starting the business. So why in the world did you start the podcast in the first place? Okay, I'll tell you. So first I have to say, I'm so grateful to be here. And thank you for that feedback that you've been like watching from afar. I think women need to tell each other that more often because I think we tend to be like silent lurkers <laughs> and people don't know when we're admiring them and we should tell people when we've been admiring them. And because otherwise we all just assume that no one's looking, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah. I, I really appreciate that feedback. Okay, so I started a podcast mostly because I had gotten to a point where I had built a business that was successful. It was a multiple six-figure business, but it felt like it was no longer the right business for me after becoming a mom. And What was that business? What were you doing? I owned a gym. I'm here in Seattle. So I owned a brick and mortar gym and it was a boot camp for women was the most basic part of the business model. 
And I loved it. I loved the community that I built. I felt like it was really positive and powerful. And I was really impacting a lot of women's lives. But something shifted in me after I had my child. And one of the things that I spent a lot of time doing with the gym was running transformation programs for weight loss. And I just had this shift in me after my son was born where I was like, I can't help women shrink anymore. This is just not the direction I need to be going. And it's fine if women want to come in and lose weight, but I can't be that. That can't be the way I make money. I'm not comfortable. That doesn't feel in alignment with my goals and core values anymore to have a business built around helping women shrink. And so I had started shifting things at the gym somewhat to make it more about being more body positive and about loving the skin you're in and those kinds of things. But people still really wanted like, but how do I get rid of my belly fat? And I was like, oh my God, I can't... Like these conversations are so minimizing to women. So... And especially to moms. So I decided that I wanted to launch this podcast and be having conversations around helping women take up space and helping moms live bigger rather than living smaller and trying to make their bodies smaller and trying to take up less space and being quiet in a boardroom and those kinds of things. And so I started the podcast as a passion project just to kind of see like, what does this feel like to have different kinds of conversations? And it turned out it felt really good. <laughs> and so I just kept growing it from there and let it move from being a passion project to really becoming something that I could build a business around. I just have to tell you, I'm getting goosebumps the whole time that you're using this very deliberate language of moving from a space of helping women shrink to helping women live big and shine, right? And uh, yeah. I love that because yeah. it's so practical and ethereal. Like it's big. That's really big stuff. Like how to... That's why I love the name of your podcast, Totally Shameless, like Shameless Mom Academy. Like I am not shying away from who I am, what size I am, who I show up to be. And it's what you're doing through your podcast and through the business that has been born of it is helping women get more comfortable and louder. I love that visual. I love that metaphor. I think it's beautiful. Yes. It's been really important to me. So you launched the podcast two years ago, you said. So we're talking what, 2016? Yeah, March of 2016. Yes. At the time that you launched a podcast, you were experimenting with these conversations, right? You yep. were putting them out there and you were still running the gym. You were still running <laughs> yep. the business. So what did that look like in the beginning? So initially the podcast, it was kind of like my reward at the end of the week. Like I had to do all this stuff for the gym and it was really important. Like I had a certain amount of overhead that I really had to make sure that like revenue numbers looked a certain way so that we could pay our bills and those kinds of things. My reward at the end of the week was like, if you get all those things done, if you manage all those spreadsheets, then you can record a podcast on Friday afternoon that will be produced on Monday. And because I'm someone... I'm an upholder for anyone who follows Gretchen Rubin's four tendencies. So that means that like I meet outer and inner expectations. So if I tell people that I'm going to produce a podcast every Monday and Wednesday, then I'm going to do it because people are expecting it from me. And also I expect that of myself. And so it kind of became this like, well, now that I've done this two Mondays in a row and two Wednesdays in a row, I guess I can never stop. because <laughs> um, That makes a routine for me, right? right? Like, And I was like, I guess this is just what we're doing. But what I found was that initially, I was trying to figure out like, what am I going to talk about? And I carried some conversations from the gym over. I early on had an episode about um, how to not have bad food days. It really spoke to a lot of people. And uh, you know, so many women talk about they rate like their whole entire day on what they ate. So, oh, I was really good today. I only ate salad or, oh, I was so bad. I had the pizza and the donut. Yeah. Those kinds of conversations came up over and over at the gym. So I started carrying some of those conversations over into the podcast because those were conversations I'd already had a lot. But then I started reaching out a little bit like, where are some other ways that I can get a little more uncomfortable and push my boundaries a little bit on building conversations within this shameless mom territory? 
And I found that the more I did that and the more I talked about building a life that you love and cultivating confidence and courage and those kinds of things, the more response I got. And I got validation that I could actually build a platform that talks about new and different things. And that was so exhilarating because then I realized, okay... I can build a whole new business around this and I don't have to stay in the fitness industry for, you know, at that point I'd been in the fitness industry for like 15 years and I felt very ready to make a shift, but I didn't know quite how to do it or what it would look like. And so as I kind of experimented with different conversations in the podcast, I was able to see what that could look like over time. And it was so exciting to realize that people were enjoying these conversations and wanted these kinds of conversations around how to live better lives and how to show up for their daily life imperfectly and how to celebrate wins, even if your only win is like that you peed for five minutes by yourself (laughs) while your kids were screaming outside the door. So... Oh my God, which is a total win, by the way. What do you I mean? Know, what do you I mean know. I have this time in the bathroom by myself? OMG, I don't remember what that looks like. <laughs> I know, I know. So that's kind of where I started to get the idea like, okay, I can sell my brick and mortar and I can take this risk to move full time into something else. And also, to be honest, I had to do a lot of coaching of myself to remind myself like, you have built something before, so you can build something again because. It sounds really nice to be like, oh, well, I just sold this business and I built a new one. Like that's terrifying. <laughs> and yes. there's definitely some imposter syndrome that comes in with, well, was that just a fluke that it worked out the first time? Or was that because I do know what I'm doing? I did a lot of self-coaching <laughs> around that and talked to... I also have worked with a number of business coaches and we had conversations around that as well to like really reinforce that owning my space as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. I love that, by the way, because that speaks... Look, let's be honest. Every single one of us goes through phases of business. And so if you happen to be one of those folks who is in the exact same business that you were in when you started it 2 years ago, 5 years ago, 30 years ago, even within that same business, you've gone through evolutions of what you've offered or how you've serviced people and who you have served out there in the world. But even that is relatively unlikely. More than likely, what's happened is you've had a couple of trials and errors of different industries and different types of businesses and different niches that you've really enjoyed working with. And so it's so important to keep that in mind. Yeah, I can do this. And I do have that muscle memory from building this business I just walked away from after all of these years. And I can do it again. You know, I can take what I've learned all those years, save myself a hell of a lot of time and energy it took for me to learn that the first time and really use that to accelerate where I want this new business to go. Right, right. Yeah. And that was a big thing. I was like, okay, like, how do I get this to six figures in the first year? Because I should be able to do that because of what I've done before. And as soon as I started saying that out loud, I was like, okay, like shit's getting real. (laughs) Yes. So you were doing two things. Let's talk about that. You were simultaneously looking to sell your business. So getting it ready to sell. And I would imagine like doing the mindset work and practical and logistical work to get it ready to sell. And now having an entirely different view of this thing that was a side hustle, that was a little passion project, all of a sudden was, oh, I'm taking this seriously as a business. So what was going on there? What were you practically doing to manage all of those things that were happening? I definitely gave myself some space and grace as I went through this transition because... The selling of the gym became a bit of a... And this probably happens anytime someone sells a business. But when you're, it's your thing, you feel like you're the exception. So it took a really long time and there was a lot of hiccups. And yeah. oh my God, am I just cursed? Like, 
what is going on here? Because there was just so many random things that came up. And so what we thought would take, you know, maybe six months took 18 months. There were so many times in there when I was like, in just a couple months, this will be better and done and over and I can go all in on the podcast. I thought that for 18 months, which felt like such a long time. But what I kept reminding myself is that it was really important that I closed out the gym thing on a good note so that I could walk away and feel like I was leaving all those people in good hands and like not tarnishing my reputation in the local community. And I very much to this day value that community. So it was really important to me that I did that well. And then what I allowed myself to do with the podcast is I really didn't push myself. I monetized it in little ways along the way, but I didn't do like a big, huge launch or like start my membership site or anything like that. I was like, that's what I'm going to do after I'm done with the gym. And Mm. in the meantime, I just want to build an audience so that I have people who are ready to buy from me whenever I'm ready to sell. I just want to show up and give really good content, be really authentic on social media, just work on building my brand and building a loyal following and let that be the only goal. Like I'm not going to do a big launch while I'm in the middle of selling the gym. And so that gave me plenty of time to build a good following, test a few things along the way. So I would run four-week programs here and there, a six-week program to help women. Like We did a self-care program at one point for like four weeks where we focused on self-care and we did a momentum program at one point where it was like six weeks to build momentum in any area of your life. So we did these things and I got great feedback. So I was able to validate that I had something that I could sell down the road and make it into a bigger product or course or membership community. But I wasn't committing to like a specific business model around that business until I had the space to do that in a really intentional way. And so then once I had the gym sold, then I got to work on building out the membership community for the podcast. You know, I'm loving that you're really highlighting that as a stage, like this whole building an audience stage. Because whether you have started a podcast and, and are using it as the impetus of building a business, or you are implementing the amazing power of a podcast amidst your business journey as a way to market and reach a wider audience, there's a certain level of patience that you need to really bring to it and understand like, not that you can't have an offer from the beginning, not that you can't be cognizant about a business model from the get-go. But there's this thing called like, I need to spend time giving great content and building an audience. Right. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the real practical strategies that you had from the get-go to build that audience? I would imagine you didn't just sit back, put out content, and that was all you did. Like There were really deliberate things that you were doing in order to get more people to listen to the show or deepen the engagement that you were having with your listeners. One of the dilemmas I had early on was, do I make this like all advice-driven or do I make it storytelling? Because I was really torn. I was like, there's a lot of things I want to say about motherhood. Like When I created the show, I was like, I want a place where I can come on here and be like, no one told me this crazy stuff that happens in motherhood. There's all these things that no one talks about that's so funny and hilarious. Also, sometimes not funny and overwhelming and exhausting and excruciating. And I wanted a place to talk about all those things. And so I was like, okay, is this going to be a storytelling show where I just talk about my kid and do people really care that much? Right. Or is this going to be... And I actually talked this through with a business coach. I was like, well, I could have like a health and wellness podcast and talk about the stuff I talk about at the gym. Well, yeah, you could. But that's what you've been talking about for 15 years. And how long would you be excited to talk about that? And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yep. She made it really clear to me that that would have been the easy option, but that would have also not lit me up. So I was like, okay, how can I marry these two things? And so I kind of came to realize I want to talk about growth and transformation for moms 
in the context of like, here's my funny stories about these different things. So I wanted to like create space for me to be able to share my stories, but also make sure that every single episode had practical application for anyone listening. Yes. That really was how I started creating content that was like, here's a story that I want to tell. And also here's three things I learned and then tying it to some sort of theme. And that became very clearly what people responded to. And it made it really easy for me, not easy, but it made it much more simple for me to create content because I knew every episode, I can talk about anything as long as I can have three tips at the end around this topic. And that kept it focused for me so that it wasn't just, what am I going to get on here and randomly talk about? Right. Not have a point. So that was really huge. And then I also asked for feedback from the very beginning. So when I launched the show, I worked with a colleague who helps podcasters launch. And so he helped me set up a launch team. So that was really important. And that allowed me to immediately get reviews and get feedback. And so then I was able to really quickly see, oh, this is what people like and this is what their takeaways are. And so I got a lot of feedback initially that like, these stories are really funny. And oh my gosh, I applied this certain principle or this tip or whatever. And it like changed my week or my day or my month. So then I could really see what was resonating with people. And that was huge for me because that allowed me to continue to be really intentional about the direction I wanted things to go and knowing that people liked the storytelling. Also, people didn't love it if I got too tangential with my stories because I got that feedback as well. (laughs) (laughs) And people really liked the practical application. Then if I had a free download for them, which I ended up creating a while ago, I created this 15-minute manifest, which is a 15-minute routine that you can do. I recommend doing it in the morning, but you can do it at any time that really like puts your day on course for you to build intention around your day and feel powerful and feel inspired. And so I was like, I know that my people love this like practical application piece. So if I can give them like a template, like here's how you can make your day amazing every single day, then they're going to eat that up because that's what they love tuning in for. And so I was able to create that. And then I kind of just went from there, like looking at what do people really love? What do people really need? What are their pain points? And continuing to build content around that and then eventually building my membership around that as well. Love that. Were there any things that you did in the beginning to... By the way, I really love that you started answering the marketing question, like building your audience via different ways of marketing with content because I think that gets glazed over so many times of just like, oh, just have good content and then go out and market, right? Right. But I love that you are highlighting a very real truth in the podcasting world or any sort of content creator type of a world, which is great marketing starts with deliberate and intentional content so that you can do deliberate and intentional marketing, right? Right, right. Really get it out there to the masses. So in addition to that, like really being deliberate about engineering the content, asking for feedback, keeping your thumb on the pulse of the people who are listening, were there any strategies that you implemented that seemed to work really well to enhance listenership? Hey guys, can you go share the episode? Or you know, you talked about starting your Facebook group somewhere along the way. Like I don't know where that was in the timeline of everything, but like, were there any things that you could say, hey, this was one particular strategy that worked really well to help grow the amount of people who were listening? Yeah. So the first thing is that I am like a huge stalker and spy of all people more successful than me. So (laughs) I am constantly listening to what is Lewis Howes doing to build his show? What is Amy Porterfield doing? So I'm always really, really watching people to see what are they doing? How do they talk to people? How do they give value? How do they sell? And I joke about my stalking expertise. I'm fairly skilled at the stocking thing at this time. At this point, I am always noticing what people who are 
in my perspective, way more successful than me. I'm always looking at what they're doing and really studying that. So when I heard Lewis Howes say on his show, hey, if you want to share this episode with a friend, take a screenshot of it and tag me in the screenshot. And as soon as I see that tag... I'll personally reply to it. And I was like, oh my God, brilliant. Now, Lewis House gets millions of downloads per episode. And at that point, I was maybe getting 1,500 downloads per episode. Mm -hmm. If three people do that, cool. I will would be more than happy to like reply to their, you know, when they tag me on social media and give them a high five and a shout out and repost it and all that kind of stuff. So looking at other people doing those kinds of things, I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. So really inviting people to share content every single episode, asking for reviews every single episode, yes. <laughs> telling people the power of a subscription. And one of the things with podcasting, because it's free, I feel like it's okay to let people know that this is what you need in return. Like I'm providing you something really high value for free. And I just want you to know that the way you could help me out is by leaving a review. And maybe you don't know this, but my reviews are my ratings. I have like a whole spiel about how I ask for reviews because they legitimately are my ratings. And so right. and letting people know the power of subscription. So really telling your audience how they can help you because if they love your content, they want more of that. So they're pretty eager to help you. Yes. I also started sharing reviews at the end, beginning of every episode, which Lewis House also does. Love it. <laughs> and a number of people do it, but I kind of put a spin on it. And so a lot of people on their show will say like, this is my review of the week. I call it my shameless mom of the week. I love it. I like give someone an acknowledgement as a shameless mom of the week for submitting a review. So making listeners feel special and then building community. And that's where the Facebook group came in. And I was hesitant to build a Facebook group that I would have to spend a lot of time managing because I was a little worried about how much more am I going to give for free? Like I would do a podcast that's for free and now I'm going to do a Facebook group. It's like how much time am I going to give free content? Right. But the value of that group... I mean, one of my best friends who's in the group texted me after it had been live for like 48 hours. And at that point, there was probably maybe, I don't know, 70 or 100 people in the group. And someone had posted something about like wanting to leave her marriage. And one of my best friends screenshotted it and she sent it to me and she's like, Oh my God, you just did something really powerful. And I was like, oh my God, I did something really about like the conversations that people have when they come into this group are so vulnerable and so powerful. And I mean, even a woman came out today saying that like, she thinks her nephew was molesting her daughter over the weekend, like crazy stuff that comes up. And it's a bit much for me sometimes because I feel a huge sense of responsibility to carry that Yes. Um, to have that, to hold that space for people. Yeah. But when I see the people responding, it's mind blowing to me. Like my heart just explodes. So it's been so cool to create a space where people can come. And I made it really clear. Like I originally was like, what if people come in and they're just whining and I have to like monitor a lot of whining? It's not like that though. Like I've been so positive on my show. That's been a big thing for me, like being positive and during really hard times of my life. And we went through a whole infertility thing a couple of years ago that I shared on the show. And so people know that like you can show up and you can be miserable and you can have your pity party, but only for a certain amount of time. And then like, what are we going to do to make this better and turn it around and find the silver linings? And so people do that in the group and it's been really powerful. So creating that sense of community among my audience has been really, really powerful beyond what I possibly could have imagined. And so that again has given me a place to then be able to cultivate so much trust among my community that when I go to sell, people are eager to see what what my offer is. I love that. And really what you're doing is giving such a beautiful blueprint of like the step-by-step of how to build a business from a podcast. And what I hope that you listening here in this is that it's not doing a thousand things all at once. 
It is literally taking the step, but like, what's the next best thing? What's the next best thing? What's the next best thing? Which is what leads me to the next question of you had talked about experimenting with some different programs, like little, you know, six week programs here and there, things that were temporal that people would pay for. So you experimented monetizing that. You have made a shift though recently into, okay, this is now really the business model that I really want to establish. Can you talk a little bit about what that business model is and how you at least initially in this first phase of it, because it's relatively new, I'm using (laughs) air quotes, (laughs) but how you actually made that offer and how you got results from that offer. Can you talk about all of that? I had taken a lot of notes and mental notes about these little programs I had done. And I think I'd done like four of them that had been like four to six weeks long in a year and a half or so prior to launching my membership community. So I had looked at what did I love about that? What felt good to me? Because I've been really intentional about I'm only going to build a business that I really love. I'm not going to build a business where I'm like, Oh my God, I have to show up for that every week. So I've been really careful. And put some limits on myself. Like, no, you're actually not going to go do that thing because a month from now, you're going to be mad that you made that commitment. Mm. I've been really intentional around that. And so when I looked at, okay, this is what I loved about the four and six week programs. And this is where the biggest value was. This is what I can replicate on an ongoing basis that feels really good to me, that I'm inspired to do, that I think would be really meaningful to my customers and clients. And so I looked at kind of those things. And then I looked at what did other people who had participated in these groups really love. And I had gotten feedback from them at the end of every program. So I had some feedback that I could refer to and look at what they really loved. That gave me something from which I could build. And then when I went to launch, I was able to say, Hey, this is what you've all been asking for. Like, you know, if you've heard me talk about these programs, and at the point that I launched the membership site, I hadn't offered a program in probably six months or more. Okay. So I was able to say like, you know that I've done these... I called them my Momentum Masterminds. So I was like, you know I've done these Momentum Masterminds in the past. I've gotten so much feedback. They've all sold out. Many of you have been on my waitlist waiting for the next one to come up. And so like, I have this thing that's even better now because one of the biggest complaints about the Momentum Mastermind, which was totally true, was when it was over, people were like, oh my gosh, like we kind of feel like we just got on a roll after four or six weeks. And like we've just made all these big changes. And then it's just like, bye. Right, right. <laughs> so I have a solution for that now. So we're going to have a membership community. It's going to be... We're going to show up and have group coaching every week. We're going to have book club. You guys have been asking me. I mean, a constant topic of conversation in my community is what books I'm reading and what I love about them and Mm. what books I recommend. So I was like, we're going to add book club to it and we're going to have a happy hour every month. So I was able to really show them that like I was building out something that like who wouldn't want to be a part of that. One of the things that comes up a lot in our group is challenges around relationships and friendships in motherhood. And so I've talked about that here's a place where we can talk about these things and you can connect with women, especially if you don't feel like you have the people in your inner circle that you want. This is a place to find women who are actively working on themselves. And so I was able to really look at what my community needed, what they really wanted, and also really look at what do I want to build that I will love for a really long time and not be resentful about. So like one of those things for me was like, I used to do a lot of calls at 7pm in the evening, my time. And I was like, I'm not doing, I'm not committing to a 7pm call every week on an ongoing basis because that interferes with my family time. Right. The calls are at 4 p.m. Now, is that ideal for everyone? Nope. But that's okay. For right now, this is ideal for me and it doesn't interfere with my family life. So that's what it's going to be. That might change later. Maybe I'll add a 7 p.m. option. But like right now, I'm doing something that I'm not going to ever resent doing a 
four o'clock call on a Monday afternoon. Right. Love that. So what is the name of your membership program? Momentum Mamas. So we went from Momentum Mastermind, which was like a finite time. Now it's Momentum Mamas and it's an ongoing membership. I love it. So when you first announced this to the community, you obviously made it very pertinent to them. Like, hey guys, there's some history of me doing some of this stuff. I've retweaked it. I've come up with the best of the best. I have now, for your own mind, figured out how I can best show up optimally for this thing. And now here's what it looks like. Could you talk about strategies that you had to launch that? Because I would imagine that is sort of... I don't want to just throw the term beta program on it because I mean, it's more than that. It's the first version of you putting this out there. It's the first time you're putting it out there. So what strategies did you have to launch it and know that I'm going to get people in this program? So this is what I've done throughout. (laughs) This is my super not fancy launch strategy. So if there's anyone out there who hates technology and hates learning things like click funnels and lead pages and how to build a sales page and how to build a lead, like all that stuff makes me want to like throw up and have diarrhea. So... (laughs) Here's what I do. I just say on my podcast, hey, is anyone interested in blah, blah, like whatever? Is anyone interested in, you know, I've been doing these masterminds for four to six weeks every few months. If you're interested in getting on the wait list for the next one, email me at info at shamelessmom.com. So I did that for quite a while. Or, you know, if I want to bring in more one-on-one coaching clients, which I'll periodically take on coaching clients and I'll say... Hey, if anyone's interested, you know, I had a spot or two open up, which is legit because I only will work with like three or four people at a time. And so I'll say, I have a spot or two. I don't have a sales page. I'm just like, email me at info at shamelessmom.com and we'll talk, I'll send you the details. So my initial strategy, if I want to see if people have interest in something is, Hey, email me here. (laughs) And so that's really how I started to get interest. And that's how I did it for every single one of those little four to six week programs that I started. If you're interested in this, email me and I would insert that ask into three or four podcast episodes in a row and just kind of wait and see what kind of interest was coming in. When I went to launch the membership community, I had told people that I was getting ready to launch a membership community. I was like, this is what's happening. I'm so excited about it. Kind of hinted at some of the information. Here's what's going to happen. We're going to have like... I kind of went through like the main components of it that I've already mentioned here in terms of book club and month or weekly calls and those kinds of things. So I was like, if that's up your alley... If you're looking to cultivate confidence and courage, if you're looking to implement healthier habits and routines, if you're looking to build better boundaries. So I had these like little things. So it's basically just this quick commercial. Then I would say, email me to get on the wait list at info at shamelessmom.com. So I ended up getting 150 people on a wait list before I launched anything. So then when I went Love to launch... Love that. Yeah. And I told them... The week before, so I did that for like a month. And the week, the final week of that, I said, This is launching next week. And if you're on the wait list, you get special early bird pricing that's only for people on the wait list. So then I launched just to that wait list, which was really hard for me to only launch to those people. And yes. I, like, I had to like check myself and be like, No, like you need to be loyal yes. to these people who are action takers and like have been basically begging. I mean, people were emailing me like, When are you emailing us? We've been waiting for three weeks. Oh my gosh, that's great. But those people were so, they were, it was such warm leads. They were so excited that I think I sold, I don't know, I had like 25% of those people converted or something in the first 48 hours. So it was a huge conversion. After that, then I launched to my main list and they were at a higher price. So that was two little just back to back launches. That early wait list, they validated to me that they wanted it. I gave them a really great price. They were like waiting and waiting and waiting for it. So that was, I knew there was people waiting and, and ready to go. And then I launched to my main list. And now it's just kind of rolling admissions. And as Got with everything, like when there's no hot deal and no deadline or anything, like the sales do not roll in. So. Right. <laughs> 
and that's a really cool point. I just, we don't have to have a whole conversation about this, but I want to point that out in the sense of like, Hey, if you've got something that people can sign up for at any given time, that's fine. And that's a great strategy, Mm -hmm. but you have to have consistent marketing going towards that or some sort of regular type of promotions happening around it. You can't just like set it and forget it. Like that, it doesn't really work that way. Right. Yeah. Love that. Okay. So now you've got your first round of folks who are in this membership community. You're in the throes of experiencing it all. You're loving it. What do you see as your next phase, let's say, of really building out this business? Is it just growing the membership? Is it offering offshoots of stuff? Like, What do you see as like at least the next phase? So definitely growing the membership. I always think that like... I'm just going to do this one more thing and then like, I'll be good. So when I launched the membership, I was like, I'll just launch a membership and then I'll be good. Well, then as soon as like that launch was done, I was like, maybe I should do live events. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the entrepreneurial brain. It just doesn't stop. It kills me. It kills me. And I do this in every area of my life. After we couldn't have a second child, I'll be good either way, no matter what. And then like literally like the day that like we found out that IVF didn't work and we were done Googling like Seattle adoption agencies. (laughs) The next like, thing, right? I'm just like not good with like, we're just going to leave this right here for now and be good with it. So anyways, I am looking at adding live events in 2019, which I'm really excited about. And I've done enough stuff with my gym in terms of like hosting events and doing like workshoppy kinds of things that I know I can do it. But I also know it'll be a scary challenge. I've never yeah. like rented a conference room for some, you know, right. I've never like gotten catering. <laughs> There's all these kinds of things where I'm like, do I have the audacity to ask someone to fly into town to see me for an event? Yes, yes. It feels big. But also, I have people asking me to come to certain cities to do this. Why would I not do it? So I'm looking at how to do that and kind of what the next iteration will look like. And I'm always looking at what other people are doing and seeing if that looks like something I want to do or not. And like right now, I'm really digging Rachel Hollis. And I watch what she's doing and it's phenomenal. Do you follow her? A little bit. Yeah. Like I I know her name. I know a little bit about what she does. Probably not to the stalker-ish that you do. But I mean, yes. (laughs) No, I've already already identified myself as a stalker. So (laughs) she is like all over the place keynoting in like three cities in a week. And she has four kids. I love what she's doing and she's actually coming on my show soon and I'm so excited to talk to her, but that's not my dream. And that's totally her dream and that's so amazing, but that's not my dream. So I think you have to be aware of like... For a while, I was really thinking about like, I'm going to get out there and like get on the speaker circuit and I want to be like a keynote. And I will do that from time to time. I'm like, I'm doing that in a few months. But my goal isn't how many speaking gigs can I get in a year? Right, because it goes right. back to like the same thing about why I'm not going to schedule a conference call every Monday at 7 yep. p.m. Yep maybe three or four small events in cool, fun destination cities a year might be something that I would do, but I'm not looking to like book out 2000 seats at the San Diego Convention Center. Not yet anyway. (laughs) I know not yet, but I mean, I don't... And I could be wrong. I mean, if someone wanted to hire me to speak on their stage there, I'd be up for that. But like, I don't see myself going in that direction with events. But I do see myself being like doing some event stuff. I love that. Oh my gosh, Sarah, this is such great information and very practical. And again, I really just want to highlight the reason I wanted to have this conversation because you are a brilliant and experienced businesswoman. We literally could have had a conversation about just about anything in business. (laughs) But the reason I wanted to focus on this is because there are so many members of my community, clients, people who've been part of my masterminds in the past, just listeners of the podcast for a long time who have started a podcast and really have so much desire to grow it out into a sustainable and 
amazing business model that they really would thrive in. Or they are now incorporating it into their business. They just want to do it in the most intentional way because you and I both know a podcast ain't the easiest quote unquote thing to do. Like there's definitely work and attention and time that goes into having a successful podcast and one that actually works for you. So the reason I'm having this conversation with you and what I love that you have so brought to the table and then some is practical ways to approach it so that you're moving through it and not expected to do everything for you from the get-go, but also not being dismissive about it. Like really understanding the power of it if you just are in tune and intentional and present with the audience that you're serving and how you can best serve them. And how you're making sure to make that connect between that audience who wants something from you and how you can ask them how to then support you and help you build your business. I am such a believer because I've had a very similar trajectory as you have with Biz Women Rock. I'm very much a believer that like my business has been co-created between me and my listenership because I'm constantly in tune with what are they asking for? What do you need? How can I help? In line also with what season am I in and how do I want to show up to help, right? Those are constantly happening to sort of co-create the business model that keeps on evolving for Biz Women Rock and obviously here for the Shameless Mom Academy. So thank you so much for going through that. Is there any last piece of advice that you would give for somebody who is listening to this, is like taking notes on this and like, yes, this is exactly what I want to do. Somebody who really wants to leverage a podcast for their business. Any last words of wisdom that you would give to them? I would say think about where you want to be in three to five years and make a decision based on that. It's not a quick, simple decision to start a podcast. And I don't think most business decisions probably shouldn't be super quick things like, well, I'll just do this really quick and like throw a podcast in the mix. Right. Think about like, do I want to show up every week or however often you decide to do it, talking about this certain topic for a really long time? And for me, that answer was yes. And I had to choose a topic that also would be a yes topic for a long time. So that wasn't going to be health and fitness, even though that had been my past. And so I think that's my biggest advice is like really considering not just what you want to do right now because other people are doing it and it looks fun and fancy, but really like what do you want to be doing three to five years from now that you would still be excited about if you started it today? Love it. Such great advice. Sarah, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. You guys go check out Shameless Mom Academy podcast as well as her entire membership community. It's awesome. Go join her Facebook group if you are a shameless mom and want to be a part of that community. Sarah, thank you so much, my dear. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. I never take it for granted that you, a very busy and high-performing woman entrepreneur, listens to the Biz Women Rock podcast. If you got any value out of today's show, if there were any aha moments that you had... I would so appreciate you turning around and sharing it with another woman entrepreneur who needs that aha as well. From me and the entire Biz Women Rock team, we'll see you on the next episode.